3: This podcast is brought to you by Men's T Clinic. Men's T Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972 go mens T or visit mensteaclinic.com.
4: KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. We're having to switch it up just a little bit on the fly. It looks like now we will talk with Dane Dunning in just a few minutes, but we're still going to have John Gray on later in the show as well. But before we get back into baseball and before we attack any of that, Corey, do you have potential interesting Dallas Cowboys draft news? Um, yes. Uh, as you did not sell that well. Corey, do you have potential interesting NFL Cowboys draft news? Uh,
1: just like we created, Kevin. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you if go. you want the history on that, by the way, whenever we were on nights, we had a producer on our show and we said, hey. Buddy, would you mind getting uh, this little cut from Two Tall Jones at Two Tall Jones? And it was the one where he goes, absolutely. Absolutely. And then he says, you know, football's a a contact sport. And so Kevin was like, hey, would you mind getting that and using that as a drop for our show? And so, like, we used to use it, and it was hilarious, and everybody used to laugh all the time. And then that producer went behind our back and went to another show. And oh, then my gosh. And then he used that all the time, and then all of a sudden, that show got credit for that drop, and I was like, that was ours. <laughs> but you know what? Here <laughs> oh, we are today, man. Kevin. Holy moly. And here we are and loving doing our work here at The Fan, and it's a lot of fun here. So, yes, Kevin, absolutely. Okay. I do have some potentially interesting Cowboys information, but it comes from Nick Harrison, or Nick Harris, over at DallasCowboys.com. Love what those guys do over there. Uh, and he is all over draft coverage right now. And he's at the Scouting Combine. Nine defensive tackles they've had informal interviews with. S- looks like eight uh, uh, linebackers, including Edron Cooper, Kevin, from A&M. Awesome. And then about yeah, five uh, Cooper's name ends. has gotten a lot of buzz for this team, right About five defensive ends are in that conversation as well. So as these guys are arriving for the Scouting Combine, lots of focus in that direction excellent insight right there
4: right now we bring to you the man that i'm not kidding we have been requesting all week actually it for like
5: two years now. Da- that's
4: true it is dane <laughs> dunning afternoon sir or i guess good morning
3: depending yeah, yeah. on your
5: time zone well thank you for having me appreciate it guys
3: we were talking scouting combine there, football are you like having florida football conversations with wyatt lankford or are you having like those
5: uh not really so i'm kind of out of the loop now you know anything florida um, okay. i mean for the most part all my time and focus goes to my family and my wife and kids and then if i have any spare time obviously i go for golf or um just probably not even paying attention to anything just trying to shut my brain off That's how good are you at golf um i've gotten better over the years uh, i've gotten better i've uh i joined up at a course back home in charlotte now and um Got my handicap kinda decently low. I'm sitting about like a seven point six. Okay. Uh so I've still got still got some room to work with, but uh I need it to go higher. That way I can get more strokes against Nate.
4: Could you send a message back to somebody from our morning show who insists this person, his name is Bobby, <laughs> has never played golf in his life. He insists he could pick up a set of clubs, go out on the course, and shoot in the 80s the very first time. And you
5: can say,
1: Bobby, you're a dumbass if you want yeah. to. That's perfectly okay. Uh,
5: Bobby, um, I would have to say that's probably not the smartest idea, um, <laughs> considering I've known plenty of people who are the most athletic people in the world that, you know, they, they can't even get off the tee box. Uh, golf is a very technical sport, um, very uh, course management type sport, it, and it's, it's a lot harder than you think, and a lot of people who go out for the first time end up having that realize, realization real quick.
1: Uh, the, everybody we've talked to, by the way, so far, they mention you in golf. You and Nathaniel Lowe, mm-hmm. they're always like, golf, yeah, probably golf with those. They always bring that up. So. Yeah,
5: yeah. I uh, I try to get as much as I can. My wife does a great job of letting me go. We had a little deal this this offseason where I was able to go play as much golf as I wanted, as long as she was able to go play as much pickleball as, she's, oh, as she wanted. So yeah. we had deal. that trade off, and I think I played way more golf than she played pickleball. But, um, no, she's absolutely amazing for letting me do that. Would it
4: ever be an incentive-based system based on the season? Whatever. So, like, for every day, your ERA remains below 3.5. <laughs> you have kind of free reign to, or whatever your particular well, goal whole, is. hopefully
5: that be the entire season. I mean, that, hopefully. There you go.
4: Yeah. I was trying to set a reasonable expectation. Yeah. If you want to drop to three flat, I'm here yeah. for
1: it. Oh, yeah. Mike and I, Mike is a former pitcher, uh, and I always try to tap into his brain a little bit about conversations that are happening on the field with you guys. And last year there was a moment where I was watching Jonah Heim, and he was he kept doing this while you were on yep, the mound. Yep. And we kind of I think we figured out that he was telling you to step further to him and that would give you more length. And I was just kind of curious if you can yeah, kind of help Yeah, no, with it's, that. Just,
5: it's more of a, like, hey, keep your direction in line. Um, so, like, when he's doing that, it's like, all right, work towards me. Like, keep my direction in line towards him because every once in a while I'll get in a bad habit of kind of just spinning off, you know, spraying stuff a little arm side or yanking stuff, you know, right to left. Um, and so it's just more of more of like, hey, stay through me, like stay through your target, finish those pitches. That's all it is. That's
1: great. I well that's the stuff that I think I love to talk about with Mike obviously and then hear from you is yep. those kinds of things and then that trust with the with the catcher as a pitcher, that oh, relationship's yeah. gotta be insane.
5: Yeah, I mean they, I mean, Jonah goes out there and catches I mean, I think he caught ninety percent of my starts last year. So we get real comfortable of, you know, pitch sequencing, uh certain things like that where you know, he can, like, as soon as I'm a little off or, you know, he he senses it immediately. Like, hey, like, listen, like, like, I'm seeing this, like, hey, we need to get on top of this, right? We need to get this pitch working. We need to do this. And, like, just having them or, you know, like, just that catcher-pitcher relationship, like, it's, it goes a long ways. Because then, you know, up on the mound, there's so many things that we're thinking of, you know, the right position to be in. What's the next pitch I should throw? And so when you start getting on that same page where it's like, you know, hey, like, I just threw a sinker down away here. I want to go slider off that, and instead of having a shake to it, like he's on the same page. Boom, slider. Like sinker down away. Boom, slider. Like, it, it the flow of the game starts going so much better, and you start getting a more of a comfortable groove. And so, the more you work with the catcher, you learn from each other. Like, everything cleans up. It
4: sounds like Jonah Heim does a lot of really good work. Were you surprised when Major League Baseball forgot he played catcher? And they did not list him in their top <laughs> uh, ten MLB. That catchers.
5: honestly, that did surprise me, especially after him winning a Gold Glove, All Star, um, World Series. Uh, yeah, World Series. Like, I mean, everything. Like, Jonah goes in day in day out, puts in all the work. I mean, he sits there before every game. He's on a computer, scouting report for the team. Like, how does it base off who's starting? And then we'll have a whole thing of like, you know, if this pitcher comes in, I can do this or that. And like. He, he goes so in-depth with it, and he's so smart behind the plate. It, it did surprise me a lot. You know, to
3: start your career with the Texas Rangers, I know you pitched a little bit for the White Sox, mm-hmm. but you would have an issue in the first inning, and you don't have that issue anymore. Like, you're able to start that game and, and get a zero on the board now, pretty consistent. What was something that you did, whether it was in the bullpen or mentally, to, to have your game be a good start when that first inning would, would, would go?
5: Um, the biggest thing was Mike Maddox helped me out a ton. And I think me coming out of the bullpen last year to start the season off helped me significantly. Um, you know, as a starter, you kind of, you know, just in the back of your head, you don't do it on purpose, but, you know, you try to pace yourself with all those innings, right? You try to work, you know, you try to fill yourself out. But when I was coming out of the bullpen, there's no pacing yourself or anything like that. It's go time. And so I was able to kind of take that mentality into my starts and it helped me significantly just – right from the get-go, like, hey, here's pitch one, like, hit it, go for it, like, and it's just never wavering off that, I mean, it's just, it's that bulldog mentality of, you know, hey, here's my, here's my craft, like, here's my stuff, like, good luck.
3: And now you are back into the rotation to start the 2024 season off, are you still in the mentality that I need to have a reliever's mentality at times,
5: because it helps so much? Oh, definitely, Um, I mean, people, like, you, you said that I, you know, I'm slotted in for the, but there's there's no guarantees. I mean, we come through spring. We have so many talented, like so many talented pitchers in big league camp that are extremely good and will most likely be in the big leagues with us or another team. And and so, like every day when I'm in spring, like I've had a couple conversations about that, and it's like I don't feel like I have my spot guaranteed. I feel like I have to go out there and I need to grind and be able to work and be able to perfect my craft to earn that spot. Um, you know, hopefully four or five years down the road um I can finally say that, but for right now it's i mean it's it's I'm grinding every day just like everyone else
4: I don't know what you want to say or can't say about this, but the rumblings are perhaps a variation on a splitter that we're adding to the repertoire do we are we free to discuss such things? yeah, yeah,
5: I kind of let the cat out of the bag today about that, but um, StatCast popped up finally with the splitter um <laughs> but it's 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 more towards like Sango's Ghost Fork. Um, okay. so I'm throwing more of like a fork ball. So it's, a, uh, you know, a low spin splitter that, um, creates a lot of depth. So like yesterday, the one I threw was, um, if people know any of the analytics behind pitches, it was negative three invert and four horizontal. So the ball just goes straight down. I started a little, I started a little too high considering my last one went 47 feet. Um, okay. probably bounced <laughs> yeah. two times to the plate. So I was like, all right, I'm going to get this one in the strike zone and recording out with it. So I was happy about that.
3: I'm sure you're getting feedback from your catcher on that. Are you asking hitters when you've thrown that in some sort of inner squad or batting practice, batting practice might not be a good term for it anymore, but when you're throwing live, Mm -hmm. do you ask the hitters uh, that you feel like that are going to give you general, like good feedback? Hey, what did you see from this pitch? When did you see it out of my hand? When did you recognize that it was a more of a fork ball than a fastball?
5: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did that right from the get-go, right my first live. And I would ask my catchers, too, how like, how's the action? How's the shape? What do they see? Um, but my first live was the first time that, you know, I threw to an actual hitter. So getting their feedback was great. I was able to do it to uh, Evan Carter, Leote and uh, Langford. And they, they said that it had real late action. Um, they could see it kind of knuckling a little bit just because it's such a low spin. But um, they don't pick it up until later, um, according to them. But, I mean, it was – it, this whole this whole pitch actually kind of started during the World Series. when I was playing catch, I like to tinker with all my pitches and when I play catch, you know I always mess around with certain things and you know I grip I gripped this pitch and I started throwing it and it was actually really good. And so I was kind of like, all right, well, you know maybe this off season I'll kind of play with it and see where it goes. And so after the off season after we you know after we won and everything and I was able to sit down and kind of like break down you know this past year I try to do that. For a couple days during the off season to break down, and then what do I need to work on? One of my uh, one of my weakest pitches was my changeup, which used to be one of my bread and butters. And, and um, just the velocity of my changeup got so high that it was essentially becoming ineffective at times, where I'm throwing a you know 91 mile an hour sinker, and then I throw an 88 mile an hour changeup. The separation isn't big enough, so I wanted to, to work on something new to be able to. Create that difference, and so I started throwing that pitch in the off season, and it actually turned out to be pretty good.
1: Is it irritating you that Jared's standing over your shoulder like that? Yeah, it's kind of. Say something. I love that guy. He's the best. (laughs) He is. He's fantastic. That dude puts in great work. The uh, we we had a conversation about what Randy Johnson said recently about pitchers not getting to learn how good they can be by not going deeper, getting out of jams, and having those moments. You had a couple of moments last year. You had some you had some really big games where you got to go a little further, and you got. I don't know if it's the trust from Boach or what, but they were like, "No, nah, just let's let's see him go do yeah. his thing." What's that feeling like?
5: It's it's great. Um, I know. I mean, speaking from all pitchers' perspectives, and like be like now being on both sides of things, where you know it's coming out of the pen, and then like you know having to come in with traffic and trying to work out of it. Like you know it. Being on the starter side, like, obviously, you want to finish your inning, right? And you, you come out of a game, let's say, like, like, you know, your teammates, like, unfortunately, your runs get cashed in. Like, it's it's a crappy feeling because you're out there sitting there thinking, like, you know, you know I could have – either I could have gave it up or I could have got out of it. But the thing is is that, you know, it's a team game. So when the coach pulls you, like, your job's done. Like, you could have got him out, like, and then plain and simple. So I try to take that mentality when I go through um, – but now being on the opposite side of things, it's I was more frustrated when I gave up a teammates run than when I gave up my own. Mm. It was like it's, it's just that feeling where it's like, you know, that starter comes out. He's, he's worked, you know, he's worked his butt off to get to where he was at and then, you know, gets in a little bit of trouble. You come in and it's like like when you don't, you know, shut the door immediately and you don't, you know, like you end up giving up those runs, like it's an awful feeling. Like you just feel bad like I feel bad for my teammate. I feel like I need to get them something or something like that. Like a bottle of whiskey, like, hey, sorry. <laughs> but um uh, but no, I mean like and that's I mean that's the beauty of baseball though. it's a team sport, right? You I know, mean, you're you're relying on every single person top to bottom, you're relying on every pitcher, every starter, everything. And so, um, I mean, everyone derives from the best, but you know, no no pitcher is thrown a zero a zero ERA, right? I mean, Bob Gitson has the lowest yeah. ERA, like a one one two or 1-2 or something like that. Like, even he gave up runs. Like, it's going to happen. But back to your question where Boach was – like, just having Boach, you know, kind of having that old-school mentality of, like, hey, let him out there. Let him – like, let him work out of that. Like, I think you you learn a lot from yourself of, like, figuring out how to get out of jams, figuring out, hey, like, they're letting me do this. Let me grind. And it just gives you that confidence. And so going going through that outing where – you know, you do get out of that jam like, oh, you feel great.
4: Is there ever a negotiation on the mound anymore <laughs> about whether you can stay in the game? Because obviously the game's evolved. It feels like you used to be like, no, 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 I got another batter. Yeah, no. It feels like that has disappeared.
5: No, yeah, it, it definitely has, uh, especially now, like, the pace of the game so much quicker that you can't really do that. Like, Boch, sh- as soon as he takes a step out, he's usually pointing. And then yeah. it's like, you can't be like, no, because – Bullpen guys coming in and stuff like that. Maybe if I'm Scherzer with 15 years of service time, it might be a <laughs> might be a little bit. But, but for the most part, no. It's it's right from the get go. You're you're out of there.
3: I think about when you got traded for Lance lennon you came over here and the team that you were with, and now the team that you're on. You can go to Max Scherzer. You can go to Jacob Degrom. Mm-hmm. You can go to Nate Avaldi. <laughs> You have Mike Maddox as your pitching coach. Yep. I mean, you have a lot of resources to ask questions to. Who oh, are, definitely, yeah. Wh- who is maybe give an example of something that a teammate has said to you that's really helped you out in the last year?
5: Well, Iovaldi is probably the biggest when it comes to that. I mean, he's. I mean, today, for example, I threw yesterday. I didn't have a great outing yesterday. Um, you know, just felt sluggish. You know, it wasn't my best. I mean, Iovaldi was in the video room before me watching my outing. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, he, he's just, he, like, that's the type of teammate he is. He's going to go out there, and he's going to watch it, and then he's going to be like, hey, listen, this is what I saw, and I think you could benefit from this. And that's where it goes a long ways of, you know, that's where, you know, last year's team was so great is that everyone top to bottom was doing that. Everyone helped out each other. Everyone pulled from the same side of the rope, and it made the, the season a lot of fun because it wasn't, it wasn't just about me. Like, even though, like, I'm the one pitching, it was the whole team. Um, yeah, so like Ivaldi was fantastic with that. I know, and then speaking on how you said you had the first you know the first you know season I was with, like we weren't a great team and stuff like that, but I learned some of my biggest my biggest moments from there, just watching like Kyle Gibson or watching you know um watching Jordan pitch, like it was like like you learn so much from those losing seasons and you learn how much you hate to lose. But you also learn things that, you know, for me, you know, if I came up on a team that was constantly winning and I pitched like the way I did those first two years, you know, I might not have been up there. So you learn a lot about yourself. You learn what you need to change. You need to learn your routines and stuff like that. And uh, Kyle Gibson was a huge help to me in that first year of, hey, like, you know, you need to plan ahead. You need to do your homework. You need to do this and like get a set routine down and then go from there. And so. You know, a lot. A lot of it is just every season. It's you know, you're, you know, I've been in baseball since I was a kid, and every season I'm learning something new. Uh Do,
1: Walmart? do we do we have somebody standing outside that we need? They're to? telling you to wrap it. Oh, up. okay. Yeah. All right. Last one here. Yep. We talked a lot of pitching. You, you. Do you want to pitch against your guys, or are you like, man, good luck to all the pitchers that have to deal with that lineup?
5: Uh, no. I mean, definitely a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Um, I mean, it's definitely good luck to everyone who's pitching against our lineup for (laughs) sure but no i mean like i like throwing lives against our team just because it it, i mean i get to see what a lot of other pitchers you know don't get to see and you know be able to face people like Corey and marcus and nate and adolis and stuff like that like some of the best hitters in baseball it's 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 really cool i mean i'm not i'm not afraid to throw to anyone and like I, I'll go out there <laughs> yeah. and I'll throw my 90. I'll throw it inside and, I'll, <laughs> and we'll see what happens from there. <laughs> well, we appreciate the time. I know you got a boogie. We would
4: love to have you back on any time. Sure, Very man. insightful answers. Really appreciate it. Yeah,
5: no problem. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Thank Ladies you. and gentlemen, Dane Dunning. Handshake. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Oh, right uh, here yeah. on 105.3 yes, The Fan. Thanks, and I
4: do believe your manager yeah. might follow you up yeah. in yeah. just a moment right here on 105.3 The Fan. So, essentially, we're having our expressway right now. So, we're going to shift things around so we're, we're not going to commercial break we're going to do our expressway right now and we're going to be talking with the manager for the texas rangers and here he is on your home of the texas rangers 105.3 the fan but seriously i i love talking with dane dude the, he's fantastic the insight on those answers oh, yeah, and developing the new pitch and everything. Absolutely phenomenal
1: stuff. He's very right young there. in his career right now, but if he wants to do anything in media when he's done, like call games or whatever, he'll, Absolutely. Be, he'll be brilliant at that.
0: Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports.
1: clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet
3: See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America.
1: Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card.
4: allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Now, as we bring on Bruce Bochy right here on 105.3 The Fan, one of the things that we we're just talking about, Bochy, that we loved is... Dane Dunning is like, oh, I'm not in the starting rotation. I have to earn my spot in the starting rotation. I still have a lot to prove. I'll assume you got to love that kind of attitude in spring training.
2: Oh, you do. You know, it's good for the players to have that attitude because it just, you know, reminds them that they have to continue to get better and there's competition guys coming up, want your job, you know, in our game, man, you're, you're pushing forward, you're, You're trying to get better, you're building confidence, or you're slipping backwards. And so I I love, you know, to hear that. Now, it's obvious some players, you know, aren't aren't concerned about it. But, uh, you know, it's good for Dane. He saw last year we broke camp and he went in the bullpen. You have to love his attitude. He went down there and said, well, I'm going to be the best reliever I can. And and what a job he did. He saved us uh, with that role that he played.
4: I was hoping you could especially give us some great insight on the importance of spring training for the pitcher connect the pitcher catcher connection and what you learn what you see in spring training
2: it is important especially with you know the players that are coming in here like nap yesterday but Kisner for these guys you know not just getting other stuff but you know what what makes them tick and that's that's the, you know to me the difference maker in a regular Normal catcher versus an elite guy. Yeah, the framing's great, the blocking the balls. That's all that's important. But you know, just how to work with them, how to, you know, get the pace that you want, uh, build that confidence in them, and and uh, and, to, and just develop that relationship. So it's it's critical that you know these young guys. Um, I'm talking about, about my uh, catchers uh, competing for a job here. Get to know these guys. So now there's a sense of comfort when they go in the game. You know, they, they know them. Uh, they they know you know their strengths, their weaknesses. Uh, of course, they know the you know the hitters that uh, we're attacking. Uh, but that's what we try to push on these guys and mix it up on who they catch in the bullpens and everything so when they go in the game, they have a good idea who they are and who they're catching.
3: You know, you talk about personalities. I just remember hearing stories of Tim McCarver going, oh, crap, because Bob Gibson, he might need to go out there. He's like, I don't want to go out there. Bob's just going to yell at me, and I'm just going to have to get (laughs) back behind the plate. Was there anybody when you caught that you're like, crap, I have to – not that you didn't like him as a person, but you knew the intensity that they brought on the mound, and you're like, he's just going to be mad no matter what I say.
2: Well, a really good friend of mine was very similar. Goose Gossage. you know, he's out there blowing smoke like a big bull, and you know he wants to go. He, I mean, sometimes he wouldn't even wait for the sign. He's like, you know, fastball's coming. So, you know, I'd go down and try to slow him down. He goes, oh, come on, let I said, Goose, this slow it down here a little bit, and uh, he wasn't too happy about it. But you know, afterward he'd go, hey, you know, it was the right thing to do. I get it. But he, that's who he was, and he wanted to get the ball and go. And but times he could. Get a little wild on you so you try to reel him in but he he wasn't a fun guy to go out there and try to talk to in fact uh, you know nettles went out there and talked to him one time he says what what are you doing out here you don't know anything about pitching yeah. oh, <laughs> that's, yes. that's, you know, they were close friends so you're always going to have a guy or two like that that yeah. you know, really doesn't want visits uh, David Wells uh, very similar uh, but from the manager side he just didn't he wasn't big on visits uh, yeah. so he hate intentional walks, you know. You know, if you tell him to walk somebody, he'd like look in there, so you'd have to go out there. But anyway, <clears throat> it's just, you know, the you know the competitive nature of these guys.
3: How much do you discuss now that you're down to four visits in a game, that you're in the second or third inning, there's traffic, your your guys in a little bit of trouble, that you're just like, I, I do I wanna save I wanna save one, or is that up to Mike Maddox on I'm gonna go out there and talk to him?
2: Yeah, here's how I feel about it, and I, I'll compare it to a postseason game. I worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. You know, I'm trying to win that game. If we need mound visits. I told the catcher, you need to call time timeout. You see you're about to have a violation. Call timeout. And Mike, he has the freedom to go out there when he wants. We get to four. Hey, we're done. We know it. But, you know, I, I don't believe in saving them now. When you get to the ninth inning, you get another one. So that's how we're going to uh, look at this. and I, I just think it's important uh, you know, at certain parts of the game not be concerned with, well, well, this is our last mound visit. No, go out there, and we'll worry about the, you know, the next one when it comes up.
1: Are, is a catcher a therapist for the pitcher? Oh, we, we were kind of having that conversation in your, your history and the relationships you have to build. Are you like a, a therapist for that guy? I, I think in a way.
2: I, I think it's important that they uh, think like that too. You go out there and you have 30 seconds to get him in, a, in the right frame of mind or you know, position, uh, you know, to make a, a good pitch. So, you know, it, that's why I was talking about earlier. It's so important uh, to know what what makes him tick. You know, what, what works with this guy? One guy may maybe a kick in the tail. The other guy may be support. Uh, uh, you know, it may be just giving him breathers. you know, something like that. But he is a therapist just like a pitching coach. And Mike's incredible when he goes out there has his uh, 30 seconds, uh, you know, to, to get him where he needs to be. And so, I, I you know, Jonah is a guy that we have spent time with him. Hey, take your time, go out there and talk to him. And uh, Jonah's getting really good at it. And, you know, you watch the good ones. Uh, you know, Molina, I had Buster Posey. They have a knack of knowing when to go out there, when to call that timeout and, uh, and just change the game a little bit because momentum's a big deal if it's going the wrong way. It's up to the catcher to try to break that up.
1: Well, and that's one of the things we we had a great conversations with you all year last year. But one of the things that I wanted to kind of see from the players that have been with is what I kept asking him, what is Boach? And Kevin is like, he's kind of like a Yoda. He's all this information and all this. I said, he's like your neighbor that knows how to fix everything. And every one of your players that I've asked so far has said he's consistent. And that's the exact same word, Kevin. You can say every every player yes. said he's consistent. And I wonder when that started for you in your life. Uh, it, was it when you were a catcher? Did that grow as you became a manager? When that's the thing that they get the most out of you?
2: Yeah, um, I'll start with this. I, I I think it started as a player because I played for managers who some were really vocal tough as far as you know looking at the results of what was going on like if you didn't make hard contact you know I in the minor leagues I mean I had some I had a guy Leo Posada I mean he just wore me out you know with anything I did wrong and you know so it just made me think when I started managing you know I had a tough time playing for somebody like that and I'll give you a quick story Kim Kiminetti, when we traded for him out Sure, you guys remember. Oh, yes, Um, we got him from Houston and uh, we're having a conversation. He goes, Well, I just have a question if if I miss a ball or boot a ball, or are you a snapper? I said, What? (laughs) I didn't know what he meant at first, you know, get upset. I said, No, I said that you saw my career a little bit of it. I know how tough (laughs) this game is. And he said, Well, my last manager, I'd I'd make a uh, boot a ball and he'd throw a cooler in the dugout. So just reminded me. That these guys watch the manager, and I did. And and my first manager was very consistent, Bill Verdon. So, you know, I try to treat players the way I would want to be treated is how I look at it. So uh, I guess that's where it started. Do I always get it right? No. I've had my times and my moments in the dugout. We're all human, and, uh, you know, we react uh, sometimes. But I do know, too, that the camera's on me probably when uh, something goes wrong. So, But, you know, I – Made my mistakes in there, and I, you know, I feel bad. I usually will apologize too if, uh, if I thought it was showing up a player. I don't believe uh, in going through the media. I don't believe in showing it on the field. Uh, There's times I got to bring them into uh, my office and talk about it. But you know, I I like to do things in the right way because that's how I would want to be treated.
4: I know it's I know it's early in spring training, but. Zach Kent, Jack Leiter, Owen White, Cole Wynn, it, it kind of feels like they're all in the same space or might be competing for the same types of roles. Has anyone stood out from the pack thus far, or do you like the progression you've seen for the younger pitchers?
2: Well, in the early uh, part here of, of spring training, I, I like how they're progressing. I really like uh, how Jack bounced back to second inning. Actually, the first inning, he got... Better as inning when he just looked like he got more comfortable out there in the second inning. You know, I I really felt like he was throwing with that looseness and freedom that he needs to throw with, and which it's going to be natural. I mean, Arizona we had a lot of fans there, and I'm Jack I don't think it's going to be, you know, with his bloodlines is going to get caught up in all that. But yeah. still, you know, when you get out there, you're getting amped up. So I thought he rolled it in and uh, had a good inning. Uh, Zach's done a nice job, uh, and really all of them. Uh, um, now, as we get into the second, third outings, uh, a little more evaluating. Now, okay, you, 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 you've you gotten the cobwebs out. You, you know, you've gotten out there. Uh, so, you know, we'll look at the, the stuff, the competitive part of it, all those things. Uh, but these guys all can help us this year. Now, I can't tell you when. I mean, some could be breaking camp with us, but we got to have these guys ready. So. That's what I try to keep in mind, whether it's a position player or a pitcher. I want to get them all the work I can out here. So, you know, if they don't make our club and we need them during the season, then that grace period of trying to get comfortable around the guys in the big leagues, it's a lot shorter uh, uh, by spending some time here in a major league field and uh, playing with these guys.
3: I could ask you a thousand more questions, but my (laughs) last question will be from a pitcher asking about hitters. I know there's not a perfect answer. When do you care about the results of your young hitters that you're looking at to possibly make the team?
2: Yeah, I try to, you know, probably a couple weeks in this, start really bearing down on them, and a couple reasons why. Well, first of all, there's three. One, Arizona. It's it's a tough place to evaluate. You know, sinkers not quite sinking as much or breaking ball. uh, It's just easier to hit in, in the Cactus League and, results can fool you you can have guys come off winter ball hernandez is having a great spring he's just doing an incredible job well he did play winter ball year so he's coming in here ready to go Um, but uh, the other part is as spring goes pitcher stuff gets better they get better command They get sharper with the you know the the breaking balls and uh, change-ups and splits whatever so it gets a little tougher to hit. so uh, And the hitter sometimes they come in, they just don't have their timing. Look at Wyatt right now, Langford. I mean, yeah. come on. We know he can hit. So, you know, are we going to evaluate him on these three, four? No, absolutely not. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell him today, he's still better than Willie Mays. I think he went over. 22 when they called him up or something, <laughs> something crazy like that. But I was in the big league. It's a reasonable bar to yeah, say that. I so, like it. But um, so to your point, um, I, I, I just think, uh, you know, when, when we get a little deeper in this is really when you'll you know, see the guys. Last thing I'm going to add on that, I had a player last year. He couldn't have a worse spring, Jankowski. Now, I saw Jankowski. I saw Janney a lot, in the National League West. And I I told him, I said, I know you're a better player than this. You know, he just had an awful swing and a lot of pressure involved, whatever. And we almost lost him because we didn't have a spot. But Leo got hurt, found a spot on him. Once he got on the team, all of a sudden we saw the Jankowski that we know. So, you know, there's some other variables that I try to look into that maybe find out why. And so, anyway, that's part of, you know, the job of the coaches and myself.
4: I know you guys got a ball game coming up, so thank you very much for the time. And we look forward to talking with you all week like last Hi, right, guys. Good to yeah. see you, man. Thank hey, you very much, how, sir.
2: How about this weather? This awesome. oh, I love it. it love it. Hey, love yeah. it.
4: It's freezing back in Dallas today, <laughs> I guess. Is it? It's oh. like 40 degrees out there. Oh, I thought
2: it was 90. That like was that. the day before. Oh.
4: Texas weather will change oh, on yeah. you. Yeah.
2: All right, guys. Great talking with you. There thank you go, you. ladies
4: and gentlemen. Bruce Bochy, the manager of your world champion Texas Rangers Right here on 105.3 The Fan, and I'm sure the people in the Metroplex can tell me about the weather if I'm off base about that. Coming up next, how about we do a little Mike likes it right here on the Fan.
2: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy. The tough label. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
4: Can't Masterpiece back here on 1053 the Fan. We're live from Surprise Stadium and less than an hour before first pitch between Rangers and Dodgers. And if you missed The last 35 minutes or so, and you love baseball. That's a good point. (laughs) What's your deal? But also, I feel like you missed a lot. Dane Dunning who gave amazingly insightful answers. And then everybody knows how much we love Bruce Bogie, how much the fan base loves Bruce Bochy. We had those two back-to-back. And just to make your life even better, as we present spring training brought to you by Sonic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. Good. Sonic Good. Sonic. Sonic good. It's time for Mike
3: Likes It. All right. Well, man, it is so, I don't know, energy-wise... To be out here and and to be with the Texas Rangers, our energy is always high, but then I almost feel like I have to watch how many questions I ask about winning the championship last year because it's a new year. You know, you want to ask, and we are asking here and there, but we also don't want to live in the past. We want to live in the now, and this is the now Texas Rangers. Last year, they won the championship. So you want to get in a question or two but really move on to this year. Absolutely. And I'm just – I don't know. My energy level is so high being out here. I don't want to compare it to the other team we cover because it might not be as high. But I I just can I just stop you right there? Yeah, I I know you might be kind of joking. I think that is 100 percent
4: fair. I'll tease you about the drive bys on the Cowboys, but I think that's fair. You're right now getting prepped for the season of the defending world champions versus when you get prepped for the season of a team that hasn't made it to the final four now in 29 years. I I
1: think that's fair. I will also add to this, Mike, being a guy that played baseball most of his childhood and into high school and everything. Being around the field fires me up. Yeah. Just like I, being around a football field, is, it's it's fine and everything. Yeah. Being around a baseball field, there's something different. The sounds and everything that goes into it, just something special.
3: So we're getting ready for the Dodgers and the Rangers. Uh, obviously, this game will be on MLB Network. It will also be on your computer if you want to go to, I think, the MLB TV.
4: MLB.TV.
3: Yeah, uh, situation. So you will be able to see this game. We're just setting the scene right now. You're about an hour and 25 minutes away from first pitch, approximately. There's already over 50 people I counted. Uh, people are setting up their blankets in the outfield. Yes. I mean, you have perfect grass. Uh, and what I mean by the outfield, not the outfield that the players are playing on, but <laughs> beyond the fence, <laughs> there be is awesome. beautiful grass to put a blankie on to just sit on the grass if you want to, but... So there's just
4: 50 people at least in just the outfield, not to mention already in the stands, the right. concourse. As you can see, there's tons.
3: You more. can feel the energy right now that this is more than just another spring training game. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest, just looking to my left, I already see a good five or six Dodger fans walking into the building because this is a huge game for Dodger fans.
4: Did you see this morning when we came in, we have like spring training season passes, but the daily media passes, the stack looked like it was about 25 to 30. I missed that. And for the rest of every other day, we've been here for like Royals games and stuff. There's been like, I don't know, three to five. When we
3: showed up on Monday to pick up our credential from the Texas Rangers, They're like, well, we only have one here. That was at the gate before you can come in. So literally one person wanted to be here for a daily pass for the, I'm looking back at that, the Cubs and the Royals game. Today, obviously, it is going to be a packed house here. I'm excited to see it. The Rangers are putting out their best lineup that's healthy. They are having – Simeon is batting first. Evan Carter is batting second. Wyatt Lankford is batting third. So you will see those three guys in the first inning face Yamamoto. If you can somehow get to a television uh, and watch that look as Bochi just said, the results, who cares? It's. It's not even March yet, but it is going to be fun to see those matchups to start this off. Did game that
1: satisfy off. you, the question, that the answer? The, I mean, obviously yeah, because, it's Boge answering, so yeah, it's you. Yeah, but,
3: like, you know, you're just – it's impossible to pay attention to whether it was the pitchers or – like, you're making sure that they're healthy, that you're seeing some positive signs, but you're not trying to make any type of real decision on, oh, this is too big for Wyatt. Like, oh, Lankford can't handle this because he's – I'm just going to – Example today. Let's just say he strikes out in the first inning against Yamamoto. Well, okay, fine. He struck out. That doesn't mean he can't play at this level yet. If he hits a home run, it doesn't mean that he's ready to bat third in the major leagues to start off the year. You you just have to take it all in and 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 kind of have it in the back of your mind. But it's really not a major part at all of your decision process on if Lankford makes the team or not. I know that this is a little bit of a shorter Mike likes it, and maybe I'm going to jump around a little bit here. I do want to get a little bit back into the Mavericks, and I want to make this clear on my opinion on the Mavericks last night. And I put this out in a tweet. I try not to tweet much at all anymore about games because there's too many psychos out there uh, that are on Twitter that will then make it the absolute statement of statements is – I was strongly encouraged yeah. by the Mavericks last night. Yes, they lost the game. Yes, as we talked in crosstalk, Kevin, they did have a ten point lead with approximately four minutes in change to go. And it was a did it be a was it a fifteen to three 15 run? Fifteen to three. Okay, because I knew it was twelve to three and then probably Struce at another three point. He did. He before that last second shot that
4: obviously everyone's caught up with he had made he was four for four in the fourth quarter yeah before and,
3: that. and he was he was on fire a couple of those were open a couple of those were contested it seemed to not matter he was locked in that he was going to make his three-pointer uh in the fourth quarter but if the mavericks are going to make noise in the playoffs it's especially after losing these two games you just start looking at the standings it's almost impossible to get the four seed like it's just going to be to get It'd to get tough. home field. Yeah. To, sorry, to get home court in that first round is almost impossible. Now tough. to get to the five seed, not impossible, not but you're all. still on the road. Yeah. So most likely, are you going to win every home game in the playoffs? No. The answer is no. So in these series that the Mavericks are going to play, as long as they make the real playoffs they are going to have to win two out of the four road games that they play in these series. Whoever they play against, whatever the first-round matchup is, you're going to have to figure out how to probably win game one or game two, and then you're going to have to figure out how to win game five or game seven to actually win a playoff series. Do Then do you look at is it a complex feeling from last night
4: of they lost and that sucks versus – Cleveland has been a team that has been, I realize, like four games before that. But before that, they had been on freaking fire. You went on the road against a really quality opponent, and it looked like you should have had that game.
3: Yes, and if it comes down to playing a playoff game and you're up by one and the other team has to shoot a 64 footer to win, I don't even care if nobody's on the court. I will let any human being shoot a 60-footer to win the chances. game, and I will take yeah. my chances that I'm going to win not nine out of ten, I will win 98 out of 100 times. Yeah. Like, that has about a 2% chance of going in, and I don't care who it is and how hot they've been in the game. You could let Struess do that shot just like March Madness. I think they said Christian Leitner had they'd practiced that play, and he had made it like one out of the 20 times they oh, had practiced my gosh. the play. But against Kentucky in he, the 90s, he made it, he made it when yeah. it mattered. It doesn't matter that that is probably a 5% chance yeah. of going in. The 5% chance worked out in the one time that you had to do that play. Yesterday, the Mavericks played really good basketball, led by Luka on the road. It made me think this about in the playoffs. Luka's the best offensive player in the game, and I don't care what anybody tells me. It's my opinion. I don't think, I don't think Shea Gilgis alexander comes close. I don't think Steph Curry comes close. I don't think whether it's Donovan Mitchell or Jokic comes close. I'm not talking about their overall game. Jokic is the best player in basketball. Offensively, if you have a game on the line, and as long as it's not like three seconds to go, Luka does struggle if there's limited amount on the clock because he does not want to be rushed in his decision-making on making a great basketball decision whether it's his shot whether it's making the pass to pj washington i love that there was eight seconds on the clock because i was like this gives luca enough time to make a good decision if it's four seconds or left luca's probably not going to make a good decision i already know what his decision is going to be if he gets the ball he's going to step back and take a three yeah point. Uh, whether there's there's no other decision in his mind he's just trying to get his steps right to take a contested step back three in those situations but Let's see how they do tonight. This one's not as big of a game because you're not playing a playoff contender. You're not playing a team that would be like, hey, this is going to be a tough one. They need to win this one tonight. But then they get another chance Friday in Boston to show me that they could somehow win 50% of their road games in the playoffs. And Luca, my point is, he is so freaking good that he's unstoppable. When he's on, he's literally the most unstoppable player in the NBA. No, he doesn't do it like Jordan. He doesn't do it like Kobe. He doesn't do it like LeBron. But he does it in his way where he's literally the most unstoppable offensive player in all of the NBA. And I was encouraged by last night. I wasn't discouraged. Yes, it stunk that you lost that game.
4: If they lose tonight, you'll damn sure be Yeah, I'll be like,
3: what the crap? You know, (laughs) like, (laughs) guys. Toronto is not a good team. They're not horrible, but they're not a good team. Remember, they traded their two best players this year. So, I mean, they they are in a rebuilding stage. I I, I look at last night, and I just want to reiterate, it doesn't mean they're winning the championship. It doesn't mean they're winning in the first round. But I saw enough to say, yeah, is it going to in the playoffs, is the Donovan Mitchell going to make a bank three pointer and then they make a sixty footer against you and you lose on the last six points of the game? If that happens, crap. You lose, right, Corey? Yeah. But but Struce
1: had some big the other guys on that team had some big threes too. I know the bank three pointer whenever the score was that tight. What did I text you though? While you were out without like the, me, the um, the
3: the sw- the swaying of it yeah, was big swings. Yeah, that game went back and forth. A it was like lot, the boat. Fast. It was like the boat on the Six Flags, where yeah. it goes up real high on that side, then you're down, and then you're up. Those that were, was a wild one. Those were big swings, but that can happen in today's game with the three point shot and how many uh, they shoot. I didn't think the Mavs played bad defense for the most part in the fourth quarter. I thought that they the Cleveland. Cavs were making some really good shots and i thought they were trying to stop the Mavs. they couldn't stop the Mavs for the most part either
4: we're the knc masterpiece right here on 105 through the fan where there was also an alarming number of dodgers fans here although i guess it is spring training, yeah i told so you
3: I it's spring training we're in
1: that. arizona california's right next to it and All hey right?
3: old maddie meatchurch he he liked the old boach too man oh, like yes if you're a ranger fan how do you not love is it every Tuesday or Wednesday?
4: Uh, well, it's Wednesday was the promo we just did. So if that is inaccurate. Okay, every we're going to have Wednesday. To have <laughs> yeah, I know we had them Tuesdays last year, but it seems as though perhaps we've switched days so cool, for the man. upcoming season. Coming up next, it's time for the C-Block starring Corey Majors. All
1: right. Uh, when is it appropriate to throw things onto the playing court slash field? Also, did a murder happen in my hotel room next what? to the fan?